Hey, hey, Star Wars fans, it's Gary here from Spark of Rebellion, and we would love for you to listen to all of our brand new episodes when they land every single Saturday. Make sure you follow us on your podcast app of choice or pop over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash listen. If you like the show and you want to support us, you can do that via our Patreon. Just head over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash Patreon and come and join our other patrons. And thank you so much for your continued support. Now, may the force be with you and on to this week's Spark of Rebellion. Hello there. We will be honoured if you would join us. Hello there, and welcome to Spark of Rebellion, your weekly Star Wars podcast where we round up the latest news of everything that's happening in the world of Star Wars, some reviews and or discussion, plus our quirky random spotlight. My name's Gary, and with me, as always, my co-host, co-pilot, cohort, co-everything, the insanely good-looking Mr. Mark Asquith. How are you, buddy? Finally, something accurate on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all right. Thanks, buddy. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm really good. Thank you. I was really conscious that I had to give you a really good compliment because you've paid it forward every week up until now. So I hope that's done it. Anyone that's not seen Mark, you probably just do a search for Mark Asquith. You'll see him all over the cool uh, podcasts and events and stuff, doing loads of really good talks. You're, I think you'll agree. Good looking chap. Well, you know, it's all about the lighting, bro. It's all about the lighting. As you know, it's all about the beard and the lighting. But thank you very much. Yeah, it's been a it's been a good week, dude. Thank you. I'm I'm very well. Good, 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 good. Uh, before we get cracking with episode 23, you can find our show on iTunes and all the other podcast networks and whatnot. Any podcast app that you prefer, just do a search for us. Remember to give us a sub so that you don't miss a show when they land every single Saturday. And you can listen to our show, if you like, on sparkofrebellion.com, our own little website, which is generated for free as part of our cool hosting with Captivate.fm. Uh, they are the guys that handle all the hosting. Go and check them out. If you've got a podcast or you want to start a podcast, go and check them out. Pro features, all the good stuff, reasonable price, really good. And uh, if you want to support the show, if you like what we do here, head over to patreon.com forward slash sparkofrebellion. You can join the Rebellion there from a dollar upwards, various tiers. You can get some cool swag, executive producer credits and all that stuff. You can even appear on the show, all that good good Patreon stuff. So uh, if you like what we do and all the money goes back into the show, covers hosting and equipment and all that stuff. So yeah, good, good, good. So before we get into the news, we've got some cool news actually. We've got some uh, a little bit of Mandalorian stuff to go through. It's always good. Uh, some fashion, Star Wars fashion and a bit of drama with some... Some Star Wars uh, uh, stars that were going to appear on a panel, but potentially not. Uh, then we've got some more Rise of Skywalker fan theory goodness in the discussion segment, and we're going to finish up with some with some lighthearted, well, lighthearted slash can get very dark um, uh, furry creature from from Star Wars. So before we get cracking with all that stuff, how have you been, good man? You've been good. Yes, thank you, sir. It's been a, a, an interesting Star Warsy week for news and theories and bits and snits coming up to Rise of Skywalker. So I'm looking forward to digging into that. Um, I've been digging into the old New Dawn book that I mentioned last week. Um, I couldn't remember the name of it last week, but it was uh, it was the one with Kanan and, and Hera where they first meet pre Rebels. Cool, yeah. Which is really nifty because I was always a little bit like, you know, how old is this guy, Kanan? You know, how I know it was kind of a Padawan-ish kind of 
like Revenge of the Sith time. So it's cleared a lot of that up and Obi-Wan as ever is playing a part. It seems like they're putting Obi-Wan with this new extended universe that they're building now, this new version of it. They're putting that guy like front and centre of a heck of a lot of stuff. Like he shows up in so many things that you don't expect, which is, I like to think that's listening to the audience. You know, everyone's <laughs> like, we need more Obi-Wan. So they've done more Obi-Wan, which I think is pretty badass. Um, so yes, yeah, it's been a good Star Wars week, dude. It's very, starting to get very exciting ramping up to Rise of Skywalker, isn't it? Defo. Yeah, it's starting to ramp up now. Lucasfilm and Disney are starting to do lots of, uh, there's lots of press about lots of things which is good because it just keeps the name out there on the interwebs and in the news and stuff. Cause I've got the Disney plus stuff, which is ramping up and then loads of people have started used, um, started using the, I think over in, it's either the, in Sweden or the Netherlands, one of the two, they've released a free beta for those guys in that country. So a load of people have been diving into that and saying how good it is and how slick and content's all there, which is good. Nice, and then you've obviously man. got the, yeah, the rise of Skywalker stuff. And I think they've got some big, some big stuff planned in terms of merchandise as well. So they do this thing called Triple Force Friday, which is normally, is it October? October or November, one of the two. I can't remember which one it is. They do this midnight launch, all the big, like, toy, like used to be, oh, sad times, used to be Toys R Us, but some of the bigger toy stores and, and uh, geek stores like Forbidden Planet and stuff, they normally do a midnight opening where all of the new merchandise and toys for Star Wars, like they're going to have obviously Rise of Skywalker and then we've got uh, Jedi Fallen Order stuff and The Mandalorian, all of those action figures and homewares. You can get like a tea towel with The Mandalorian, all that stuff. So that's coming up as well. They've been teasing that. And uh, yeah, so I've been, it's been really cool, like you said, just uh, getting excited with all the news and all that. Me personally, I've bagged myself a new Death Star lampshade which you can't see right now, but it's all, dude, this just, I, I said I wanted to get artwork artwork up on the walls and some stuff. I've already got the lightsaber sorted out. Check this. This is that like. That is a lightsaber. That's amazing. Dude, I'm not even kidding. Listen. Nice. That's going up on the wall. I've got the Death Star lamp on the light fitting. I've got the dark side slash light side Vader and Yoda stickers. It's getting ridiculous, buddy. <laughs> I love it. Your office is tur- your office is turning into like a uh, you're like a scavenger on Jakku. You're going to start selling <laughs> it for like little bits of crappy food and credits. You know what I mean? Like what what can I salvage from Forbidden Planet this weekend? I love it. I love it, dude. I yeah. love it. It's all happening in here. It's all happening. So, yeah, just getting excited, all that stuff. I've finished up um, the Dooku audiobook, so that was awesome. But like I said on last week's show, I do need to go back and I think I, I really need to re-listen to that because I had it on in the background and now I've just lost, like, little pockets of it and I've picked up bits of it. So I need to re-listen to that. So um, that's progressing. Well, I've done that. I'm going to progress that again. I've listened to the first two episodes, like, properly on my headphones as I was walking to pick up the lad from school the other day. So... Nice, man. How are you getting on with Master and Apprentice? Yeah, good. So about 40, according to my Kindle, about 40% of the way through that. And yeah, that's just, it's a bit it's in a similar vein. I love these uh, kind of pre, pre-movie pre stories that you, you can only do that in books. That's the only medium to do that properly, I reckon. Even if you were to do like a proper podcast series, you know, like some of these really nice story-based podcasts where it, uh, the um, 
the Wondery guys are really good at, you know, like with Mark Ramsey, where we go back and, you know, dive into each of the characters in detail and stuff. I think to really flesh out and get into those characters properly outside of the films and, you know, reading and, and that medium is the, the best way to do that. So I'm loving just, just getting more info and, for, and Claudia, is it Claudia Gray? It is, isn't it? Mm-hmm. She's so good. She's so, so good at just character. Like the story's good as well, but just the character interactions and the just dialogue symbol stuff like that's really good. So I'm loving that. When I'm done with that, we're going to review that for sure. We'll definitely review Dooku as well. So I just need to make sure it's in my head mm-hmm. properly. You know what I mean? So, yeah, well up for that, yeah. man. We should do, uh, do you know what you should do then? We should do like a bit of a trifecta. Like go and read Dark Disciple as well, mm-hmm. which rounds a lot of the story beats out for a lot of those two books. So like go and read that one as well. And then we should, we'll, I think like we'll do uh, like a Dooku retrospective kind of show, which brings them all together. That could be really interesting. Oh yeah. And I've uh, also dabbled in the Clone Wars. I did a re- I started a rewatch months ago, but abandoned that for some reason. So I've gone back, started watching those again from the beginning as a really cool, um, I think it's episode one ambush. I think it's called where um, Ventress is on, uh, whatever planet with the the flying dudes with the snouts and Dooku sent her to try and get their, uh, get them to support uh, the, the clone army. And, oh, sorry, the, um, the, uh, you know, the word, the other ones, the, the droids, other ones, the droid, Roger, army, Roger. Yeah. the separatists. There we go. Um, and then you've got Yoda's there as well. And he's got a few clones and they're doing their thing. So even that little bit, Dooku's not in it a lot. Even that little snippet where Dooku's just managing things like his little hologram and stuff. Such a cool character. Can't wait. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll do a proper review of of all the Dooku stuff. So, Yeah, that's really cool, man. Like I said, do Dark Disciple after these ones and you'll see it's kind of a, it's interesting because it makes, you know, like we always talk about this, how, you know, if, if, um, if you watch Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, it makes episode one better because you're like, ah, okay, this is just the first chapter in this story. Mm-hmm. It's the same kind of thing with Master and Apprentice, Dooku, and um, especially watching the Clone Wars, it makes that whole Dooku arc better when you read Dark Disciple and then watch Revenge of the Sith. It's like this complete arc, which is, I think it's brilliant, man. So yeah, we'll do that. That'd be a really good episode. Indeedy. Yeah. Right, let's crack on with some news. Let's get into it. So, Star Wars... Um, the jet trooper from Star Wars, the rise of Skywalker has been revealed a little while ago. I think this broke, oh, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago now. And, um, yeah, it's a bit like, uh, what's the best way to describe it? It's a bit like when we looked at the Sith trooper that kind of dropped out of nowhere. And we had some, some information around that and they did a similar thing with this jet trooper. They kind of do this. I've noticed that they they do this a bit more regularly with the newer stuff. So back in the day, with the OT and all that, very rarely did they drop like a brand new style of Stormtrooper or something like that. It was literally just, I think we ended up with just the Stormtroopers, the Snowtroopers, and like, I don't know, oh, the Scout Trooper, you know, the guys that rode the the bikes and stuff. Um, But in the newer stuff, we seem to be getting different types of looks like so since the force awakens we've had like the standard stormtroopers we've had the flame troopers the um the jetpack troopers as well from um from battlefront 2 and so on we've had the sith trooper and now we've got the jet trooper which i'm assuming from the name uh is like a just a, a progression on the standard jetpack dudes so a little bit mandalorian-esque um in its look and feel i think the um 
that I think they first tweeted out at D23. And uh, the armor looks, it's like a cross between, uh, I don't know, it, like the, the, the mask, the, the helmet, sorry, is very different to a standard Stormtrooper. Like the, the armor, the body plate and all that looks fairly standard, but the helmet, I don't know, it's got a kind of, anyone that likes Halo, this looks a little bit like a Halo uh, helmet. Um, it looks kind of cool. I'm not sure how much of a part it's going to play in the new film. I would imagine it's going to be on screen for a few minutes. You just, you probably see him just zipping around, uh, trying to whip up uh, the resistance and so on. But it's another collectible. They're not, they're not, they're not dumb, are they? Over at Disney, this is another toy to push in the market. What do you reckon, dude? Yeah, I agree. Definitely, it's definitely a toy. Um, but it's, I suppose, if you look a bit deeper into the narrative side of things, you're right. You know, it's it's. It's going to be on screen for a top end five minutes in some kind of battle or it'll be tasked, you know, one or a, or, or a suite of them will be tasked with a task and we'll see them be like, oh, these are pretty, look how cool these are. And that'll, you know, that'll be that. But I quite like it. Um, you know, I've been thinking about this since it, since I started re- revealing the Death Troopers in Rogue One and then they've come up in a couple of books um, and, and a couple of unmasked Death Troopers came up in a couple of books as well. And you're kind of like, all right, do you know what? What's interesting about this is... Um, I suppose when you think about Star Wars, the original trilogy, and even like the clone stuff, everything from Attack of the Clones through, you kind of just think, right, these guys are just, they're, they're just like the soldiers. It's like, okay, everything exists in Star Wars, and like they are the one soldier that you get. And yeah, sure, we've seen like the snow versions of them. We've, we've got the speeder bike versions from Return of the Jedi and, 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 and all the rest of it. But what I find interesting here is that I think what they're trying to do is just make it feel a little bit more like, actually, do you know what? We've heard about this Grand Imperial Army. Look, it is an army. There are special forces when it comes to Battlefront 2. There are the elite. There are the grunts. There are the um, paras, you know? So I quite like that they're doing this. And you're right, the helmet looks a little bit halo. It looks like a an altitude helmet. It's got the breathers on it, which is quite interesting. Um, but what I can't fathom is, what's the deal with the logo on the front? It's got some writing and like a, it's like Adobe have sponsored the, the, <laughs> the Jet Trooper. It's like Adobe were like, oh, need a bit of, bit of merch. We'll pop an Adobe logo on the front of it. It's got that red and black feel to it. I, I can't fathom that. I don't know what the deal is with that. Yes, I agree. I'm, I'm not sure what they're, where they're going with, uh, with the, it doesn't even look like, uh, the, the kind of, of of typography that you would see in the Star Wars universe either. It, it's got a strange... And the logo, I have no idea. It, it could be some kind of... Uh, a bit a bit like the old days with the Republic Commando squads where they had like their own little call signs and little logos for just their group. It could be a little squad of, of jet troopers and they've got their own little branding inside the, the First Order. I'm not sure, but... I don't know about you, but it doesn't look Star Wars to me. That, that looks like another no. sci-fi brand. It does, man. It's like glyphs. You know, the, mm. the typography is like glyphs. It's got a little mark, an ID mark on it. It, it doesn't. It, you're right. It doesn't feel Star Wars that at all. So I'm very curious about that. Very curious. Don't know what that means. If it means anything, but uh, they look pretty badass, though, don't they? Uh, they do. Yeah, they do look pretty cool. I think nine times out of ten the designers they have working on these things are you know, industry leading guys. They know what they're doing. So I imagine when we see them on screen for 45 seconds, they will look <laughs> awesome. We might, might not, they might even drop the logo. I don't know. The whole thing looks a bit, um, that whole chest plate looks a bit like, I don't know, the front's fallen off of a, 
a scooter. Just, it's like to turn it upside down and stuck it on because you know I haven't done the front yet, but I don't know, man. It look, yeah, I agree. With you. It does look kind of cool. Yeah. yeah, it does. It'll be cool on screen to see him zipping about. And uh, apparently, according to uh, one of the articles that came out, it was uh, the jetpack to differentiate from the Mandalorians is fixed. It's streamlined and stealthily fixed into the uh, the armor as opposed to the jetpacks for the Mandalorians, which are detachable. Apparently, that's a conscious decision. So mm. that people were like, wait a minute, these guys aren't Mandalorians. So that's just, that's in a couple of the articles that are floating about. There you go. You have to make the distinction. They are not Fets or Mandalorians. So there we go. That's a Jet Trooper. Look forward to seeing those guys. Next up, Disney stuck their oar in a recent convention. So Fan X, which is a, uh, I, I'm assuming, I've not heard of this one before. I'm assuming it's a, a cool little convention out in Salt Lake. Um, the uh, stars Hayden Christen, Christensen and Ian McDermott were due to appear on a panel. And then Disney rushed in at the last second and said, no, they're not. You can't have them. Nobody knows why. So there's been loads of fan reaction and theory to this. And everybody's pointing to the same conclusion that Disney have pulled them because they're scared of those guys dropping uh, spoiler bombs all over the place. Now, I can understand that about McDiarmid because he he has a, a habit of going on a bit of a tangent and having a bit of a rant about things. He's that age, isn't he? He's that grumpy old age where he can just say what he likes and people have to just deal with it. I bet he's a shit driver. But is he? <laughs> I imagine, yes, he is. Um, but Hayden Chris, I don't know. He seems like he's got his head screwed on. I can't imagine he would actively drop a load of spoilers and so on. But... That's the thing that's happening at the moment with that. It, it, it's kind of turned into a what's the instead of the instead of being a bit miffed that these two really cool stars and uh, guys from from the movies have been cancelled. It's now about the why rather than what. So everyone's now why have Disney done this? Why have they cancelled them? Why have they pulled them? Because those guys didn't do it. It wasn't those. It wasn't um, Hayden or Ian that said we're unavailable or we can't make it or whatever schedules have come up. It was actually Disney that said you're not allowed to appear. So some uh, fan um, theory and what's the word? What's the phrase have, uh, have occurred? I haven't got my brain screwed on today. What's the word? <laughs> Conspiracy theories. There we go. I've started doing around. What's your take on this, mate? Well, when you look into it, I mean, I don't know how true this is. Obviously, the panel was cancelled. That's all well and good. If you think it through, like, these guys have appeared at a school or a hospital together. I forget which one it was. And like you said, you know, McDermott, is, he's, he's known for going on a tangent. You know, roll it again. All right, McDermott, you're back. We get it. We understand. <laughs> a little bit bullshit, but fair play, mate, you know? <clears throat> so, excuse me. So I kind of get that. I understand if, if it was like, okay, McDermott might spill. It's, like you said, it's Christensen that I'm interested in because like, he got hammered, didn't he? Like, he got absolutely hammered for the prequels. And then over the last 10 years, people have been like, do you know what? This guy's actually a pretty cool guy and he's started to get a lot of fan love. He appeared at, I think, an official Star Wars event last year, late last year, and he got like this stand innovation. So people love him. He's kind of come full circle, which is interesting. So... This was then, whether it's hyperbolic or not, it was it was kind of went around on Twitter that apparently Disney had threatened litigation if they allowed this panel to go ahead. 
Every, if everything else, you know, forget everything else. If that bit is true, that's when it gets meaty. That's when it gets fun. Because you've got to think that Christianson's back and he's like, guess who's back? Back again. <laughs> Vader's back. Tell your friends. You know, he's all, he's all up in the house because he just got battered and now he's back. He's like, if he's this golden child. You've got to imagine that someone in the Disney PR department's like, shit. Like this could, <laughs> people could just get re... They could just get that excited and let something slip. I don't think it's a, we know that Anakin's going to go out and slay the, you know, the men, women, and children too with the spoilers. But what he might do is, is he might just get a bit overexcited, as we know he does, and start killing people. So it's, I, I think if the litigation part of it is true and the threat of litigation, I think we can read into it. Otherwise, I think it's just, it's a bit like when Last Jedi came out and it's like, Ray is definitely Qui-Gon Jinn's ante. You know, it's like one of those where someone just wants it to be true. Um, but if yeah. the litigation thing is legit, then yeah, I, I get that. Yeah, no, I agree. And yeah, I think because Ian McDermott has been confirmed as being in the film and Christensen hasn't, I think that's just going to be the bulk of the questions on the panel. I don't think anybody's going to care. No one's going to ask them, Hayden, what was the vibe between you and George? episode two you know no one's going to ask anything to do with the prequels nothing like that it's all going to be about episode nine are you going to be in a film are you going to be in a film you know you're doing the rounds you're doing a little bit with disney at the minute you've been a bit quiet with any other film project you know rumors would suggest you're back as a force ghost all that stuff it might just be a case of disney's like look this guy's going to crumble we've seen it before and you've got Ian McDermott just poking the, you know, he's stirring the pot with a spoon. He's got his Palpatine face on. He knows what's going on. He's going to drop a few little hints and stuff. And before you know it, boom, fans gone. Fandom's gone mental. Christian Hadian's back as a Force ghost. He's going to fight Yoda. All everything's just going to explode. So yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, and then Christensen's like, oh crap, he's doing it again. It's like <laughs> it's like being at the opera all over again. Oh my god. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I think I think if there's some, like I said, I think. I've said this for a while, you know, I think we talked about it last week, you know, there's, there's potential, I know we said we don't think Anakin will be in Rise of Skywalker, um, but I can't see Vader not being a decent sized player in this, whether it's the physical Vader, the ghost thereof, or whether it's just his presence overall, because we've seen it in the trailer, dude. You know, you've got at the beginning of the last trailer for The Rise of Skywalker, there's a couple of telling bits, dude. The music at the beginning of it is Yoda's theme. And you're like, when I, I saw that and I sent to Kieran, this Yoda's theme is like, so what? Like, what do you mean, so what? Leave, please leave, because we can't have this conversation. And then at the end, you've got Palpatine and then Vader's breathing, and it's just like, holy crap. So, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> we might both be wrong last week, man, when we said we didn't think he was in it. Could be. It's been known to happen. Well, let's keep that to ourselves. Shouldn't have said that. Damn it. We'll edit this. We're always right. Indeed. <laughs> but it does feel a bit OT, the trailer. We'll see. It does, man. It does. Star Wars trainers. Easy. Make you run faster, probably. Do they have wings that come out the side and go into attack position? That's what I want to only, only if you drink Red Bull. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. A smooth. Yeah, these are the trainers. And I, look, mate, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie to you. So they've released these old X-Wing trainers, haven't they? 
you know what? Adidas, and I actually quite like them. <laughs> I was going to say that I do quite like them. I'm just not too keen on on the on the colours and stuff. In terms of like the colours that I would normally go for for a pair of kicks, these aren't. I, I appreciate that they're really cool in terms of. I mean, come on, they're X-wing themed Adidas trainers, so they do look pretty freaking cool. Um, and I was going to say that Adidas over the years have done some pretty cool Star Wars themed range of stuff. They did a really cool range a few years ago, like this spray painty, grungy looking stuff. I had a stormtrooper helmet sweatshirt. It's really, really cool. So I'm, I'm loving that they've still got the license and they're doing these things every now and then. The good thing is they don't swamp the market, even though they know that fans are really up for it. They don't like every single week. There's not a new Star Wars themed Adidas bit of clothing. They space it out. So I think it's been a quite a while since we've had the last like decent run of, of, of clothing from them. So, uh, you're going to be running around in a pair of these, aren't you? I can see it. I can oh, see it already. Yeah. Big time, mate. I, so I was, I was all ready to hate these dude. You know, when I saw the link and I looked at the link, I was like, here we go. These will be shit. And then clicked on the link. I'm like, Ooh, <laughs> hello. The only thing is that bothers me is they've put like the, um, you know, the detailing from the side of the X-Wing. Um, you know, you've got that kind of, um, it's almost like the piping on the Flash's suit. It's like, it's just where the panels meet and it's the, it's like the engine outlets and some of the exhaust stuff. Like they've put that on the sole at the bottom. And if you just walk past someone, you don't realize they're X-Wing trainers. It just, I can see that just being like, ugh, that's dirty. Because it's like, it's right, like, a, right. it just makes the sole look dirty. So mm. that's the only thing that I'm not overly keen on. But I'd, yeah, I'd definitely have a pair with them. If you're listening, mum, um, what? <laughs> so size well, nine, UK. Yeah, or the um, the marketing guys over at Adidas will we'll handily, will definitely take a couple of boxes off your hands, test them out hashtag, for you. Uh, hashtag review. Review, indeed, yeah. I like the detailing on the uh, on the side where it's got the mm. Ultra Boost logo underneath before you get to the sole. That's kind of cool. And they got the the matching orange text. What does it say on the on the tag on the back? I can't read it. The force will – oh, the force – the force will be with you always. They've stolen our tagline. Oh, guys, come on. Uh, anyway, just to round this up, so Adidas have uh, announced a pair of Ultra Boost trainers, uh, which will tie in with the Rise of Skywalker, X-Wing inspired. What's cool about this actually is it doesn't, it's not the, it's not the newer X-Wings that we've seen, like the Poe Dameron, those kind of ones. This is like OG X-Wing style, which is really cool. And they are due out... So in the US, it's like fall slash winter. So in the UK, that's November-ish, end of October, start of November-ish. Um, I don't know how much these are going to be. If they're ultra boost, they're probably going to be pricey, probably looking at around £100 at least, like 150 bucks probably, something like that. Uh, and you'll be able to order them online from Adidas. I'm not. There aren't many shops that, that carry these, in the UK anyway, uh, so it's best to get them online. But kind of cool. I can see Mark. Legging around in these anyways. Yeah, mate, well up for that. Well yep. up for that. But they do look pretty cool. Yeah. Thank Maybe. you, everyone, for sending me them when you do. I appreciate that. <laughs> See, Christmas isn't difficult for Star Wars fans. Oh, like don't my, say that, mate. My wife's always like, I never know what to buy you for your Christmas or birthday. And I just look at her with this face like, what? Exactly. That like, baffles me as well, mate. Yeah. It's like, just go to Amazon or something and just type in Star Wars. 
mm-hmm. and you'll have thousands of choice, there are thousands of things there at your disposal. What do you mean you don't know what to buy me, anyways? If you're looking for a, if you've got a Star Wars fan in the family or your better half is a Star Wars fan, there you go. Christmas sorted. Moving on. The Mandalorian. John Favreau, the Fav, has a. Favmeister General? The Favmeister General. He has released uh, a little snippet of news regarding the Mandalorian in that we could be seeing Legends characters pop up in the show, which is interesting because somebody recently, who was it? Uh, Ryan Johnson said that in his trilogy that he's working on, there aren't going to be any characters from previous uh, films or media or whatever going to pop up in his films. Ryan Johnson, right? He said in an interview the other day that he didn't like The Empire Strikes Back. Disappointed with it. What? And that got me thinking. So the guy that arguably, arguably, has put out the weakest film in the sequel trilogy and also doesn't like, arguably, the strongest film in the original trilogy, or the best film, if you go on fan opinion, has been allowed to write an entire trilogy. What's going on? I can't really, I can't conceive of the minds at Disney that would allow this. It's just an odd one, isn't it? Because you're like, okay, you did The Last Jedi, which threw out a lot of convention, which I really respected and appreciated. But like you said, at the same time, just for its narrative arc and the, what it does for the entire Star Wars movement, like, you know, it's the dark night of, of Star Wars, isn't it? You know, how can you not like that? It's the one where, where everything goes wrong and it, 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 set, it sets the entire tone for basically everything else. It's not like, without any of that shit... None of this stuff, none of the old legend stuff would be happening. It just, it would not be as we have it right now. So yeah, I do think that's a really odd statement. That's like, that's like uh, Todd Phillips, who's directing The Joker, saying, I don't like Taxi Driver or anything by Scorsese. You know what I mean? It's, I don't know, it's, it's just a weird thing to say that, you know? It is weird. And if you were Ryan Johnson, you'd be, you would be pretty careful with, with your public views on things based on, the reaction that you your Star Wars film got compared to all the others. If you were at Disney as well, you'd be like, "We've already had to bring this guy in and have a you know have a pop at him. What's he doing now? He's now slating like the, the fans are not going to like this." So if you were if you were Ryan Johnson, you'd be like, "Do you like The Empire Strikes Back? I freaking love it. I freaking love it." And then when you're off camera, you're like, "Hate it." Yeah, because you know what's going to happen, don't you? It'll be Disney, Bob. And all the guys over there, they'll be like, right, got this guy contracted. What I'm thinking is holiday special trilogy. <laughs> um, we explore uh, Chewie's background even further. We go into that. Like, how's, how is his kid getting on at school? And we do a trilogy around that, Ryan. And we put it, we don't put it on Disney Plus. No, no, no. We put it on VOD. <laughs> we send it. Yeah, we're going to VOD you, Ryan. We're going we're gonna to VOD you, boy. Yeah, you've got to be careful with that, you know? It's like when Dave Batista came out and slated Marvel, and you're just like, all right, Dave Batista, I get it, but you've done two big films with Marvel. Just stand by, son. Hold <laughs> fire for one minute, you know? So <laughs> I don't fire. know. Yeah, It's been like in the office when they dragged Brent in for the racist joke. <laughs> 
And then literally within three minutes, he's back in the office. I wasn't abdicating a usage. It's like Ryan Johnson's back in the office. Yeah. It's like, I didn't say I didn't like it. There was just, you know. I was saying what? I can relate to everyone on their level. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Ryan Johnson, <laughs> what a pillock. Uh, yeah, anyway, no, back you know, on. <laughs> I don't know. He's, he's, yeah, what? He, he, I feel bad for the guy, though. Cause if <laughs> yeah. it, like, he's just trying to do something a bit different, isn't he? And then he's all like... Do you know what? I'm going to try and shake things up a little bit by saying exactly the wrong thing. Yeah, yeah. You can't, you've got to admire him for sticking to his guns. He's basically yeah. said, I'm not going to follow suit with The Last Jedi, so I'm going to do what I think is is correct here. Like my creative yeah. vision, I think this is the best thing to do and just not fan service it. Let's just go the other way. And then he's even, you know, strong opinions on on the film that, you know, a lot of Star Wars films uh, fans love. And then his own trilogy, he's like, no, I'm not going to include any characters that you lot love. Screw it. Screw you Why lot. Would, yeah. Why would I do that? I'm going to make it really hard to market this thing. I'm going to make it so the Star Wars logo has to be really, really big and or put Keanu Reeves in it so everyone goes to see it just because of that. It's uh, You've only got a couple of players there, Ryan. I've got a couple yeah. of players, son. He's limited his options, definitely. Yeah. And then the, 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 the hilarity of this as well is that he's like, <laughs> yeah, don't like Empire Strikes Back. However... You, you, unrelated, you don't happen to have that old Yoda puppet knocking about, do you? Th- <laughs> just thinking that I might, like for a friend, I might want to use it. Not in this Last Jedi film, <laughs> no, Dan, Bob, no, silly. But if you do have it, I, do, I'll, I will take it off your hands <laughs> and just, I'm going to film it on my phone just so you don't know. Come on, come on, Ryan. Sort it out, Ryan. Come on, dude. We're counting on you to give us some decent Star Wars stuff when this is all wrapped up. Yeah. You're because the- you know what? Yeah. It was, sorry to jump into it, but like The Last Jedi, like it's actually, it's a great film. So you think if he just, if he understood the fan base just a tad more, he actually could do something pretty badass. Yeah. yeah. But it's like he's, it's like he's just not bothering. Like it's, it's like when a new boss comes in and just wants to shake things up just because, you know? Yeah. Like nothing's actually broken but you want to put your stamp on it just because, like, yeah, just because. And yeah. all the staff are like... Uh, What's this guy doing? Don't think so, mate. Mutiny. You'll have yeah. mutiny on your hands. <laughs> Who else do you think they're doing this, Dawn? This is big, this is big boy shit. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, come on, Ryan, you can do better. You can do better. Uh, back to the story. Uh, the Favmeister General has said... Oh, yeah. That, forgot about that. Yeah, I forgot about this one. Um that they do have conversations, I'm assuming he means with Lucasfilm or Disney, uh, to see what would be fun to merge the worlds of the original trilogy and the prequels and the sequels and the Clone Wars and all that stuff. And he has to be uh, careful about what's considered canon up to this point and what's considered legends. But he thinks the show offers a great opportunity to bring all those elements together, no matter what your flavour of Star Wars ice cream is. So there'll be something to enjoy. And then he finishes by saying, but you're asking all the right questions. So that says to me that he's up for that and has potentially already done some some cool stuff, Easter eggs and whatnot, that brings in other eras of, of Star Wars and has popped them in the Mandalorian. So we saw that with the ice cream maker, didn't we, a few weeks back, that they've brought things from the OT and we've obviously got the whole Mandalorian vibe, which spans a few eras anyway. So this is kind of cool. That they're going to bring some bits in. What do you reckon? Yeah, I like it, man. I think it's a, 
I think it's the perfect place for it because it's live action and you can you can do a little bit more with it on TV, which is why I'm grateful that the Obi Wan show is uh, is on is on Disney Plus as opposed to a movie, because. You know, we've seen in the past that outside of the big saga stuff and outside of the the kind of, okay, here's a chapter of a story, you know, the storytelling format of TV or long-form books or comics, something that's got a a longer shelf life where you can you can span it a little bit, like the Aftermath trilogy, the Throne stuff. We've seen that generally the better stories and, 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 and the characters that resonate with people tend to come from these, the, these longer arcs. So I, I think it's a great place for it. I think because it's... It's already feeling a little bit more Western anyway. I think you can you can just imagine it being a little bit more gritty. You can imagine some of the characters being able to really come into their own over the course of five or six sort of episodes. You know, the Breaking Bad of Star Wars, if you like, where it's it's a big build-up. Um, you know, you put the characterization in there. So I think it's a great idea, man. I mean, I don't know who they're going to bring, whether it's Mara Jade or whether it's, whether it's even someone like Throne. You know, I don't know. This is... You know, I, there's so many options. I can't see Thrawn being one, but I just, you know, if you're Star Wars and you, if you're on the storyboard, we've said it a thousand times, dude. You know, you've got Hera, you've got Ahsoka, you've got Ezra, and you've got Thrawn out there somewhere. Mm-hmm. I just can't believe that that story's finished with, and I just wonder where they're going to do it. I agree. I think if done correctly, you can. Well, yeah, you can either subtly bring those characters into the story or you can just go, you know, smash in your face like the cliffhanger to the last episode of series one is Thrawn. Just, you know, sat there ready to rock and roll. So you could do it like really big in your face or you could bring those characters in a subtle way. You could have them just referenced in conversation. We can do like a little teaser, plant the seed for something that might pop up in season two, something like that. So I think if it's done correctly, there's buckets of stuff buckets of characters that you can reference and the obvious ones that you just mentioned those guys are out there somewhere i'd really i completely agree i don't think their story's done i think at some point we're going to see those those guys back episode 32 in 2037 or something like that we'll see them (laughs) rocking and rolling but yeah dude so the mandalorian it's just it's when you hear news like this it's just shaping up to be i can't i cannot wait to watch this i think this and obi-wan are going to be two of the best things that's happened in Star Wars TV and film for, for years. I think they're going to be so cool. So good news, man. Very good news. Very good news. Do we think Obi-Wan's going to appear in Rise of Skywalker? Yeah. Good man. Cool. Next. Next up, do you think he's going to appear? Well, if you do, you're always right. So I'm like, yeah, Gas says yes. So I'm, I say yeah. Yeah, I think he will. That actually kind of leads on to some stuff later. So let's leave that one actually for now. Uh, yeah, let's stick a pin in that for now. Uh, review and discussion. We're going to talk about The Rise of Skywalker. Not a surprise, as we're in the run-up to the release of that film. And this is another fan theory, which has been doing the rounds, which is quite quite a cool one, this. And it essentially references some scripts that they've dug up, which were put together by uh, Lawrence Kasdan, who was the... Uh, which was written, he, he wrote Return of the Jedi and George Lucas. So together, when they're going through their their story stuff and they're like, yeah, they, um, what you can't see is Mark and I on camera are doing the David Brent interlocking of fingers. Let's, yeah. The worst thing about this show is that 
like the biggest inspiration doesn't come from Star Wars. It comes from David Brent on The Office. <laughs> Ricky Gervais, if you're listening, thank you very much. You've provided years, endless decades of inspiration for, for comedians like Mark and myself. He's out there on the front lines. <laughs> anyway. So. Anyway, Lawrence Kasdan. George Lucas, when they were going through the the last scenes and the last, like the ending to Jedi, essentially, initially they didn't have just Luke going to town on Vader and having that big fight and, and all that stuff. And then at the end, the very lovely ending of the Force ghosts appearing and Luke gives them a little nod and and walks off and all that stuff. What they had in mind was the... Um, that those force ghosts not appearing as like the translucent glowy blue thing, but actually come back in pretty decent form and helping Luke go off on one on the emperor and Vader and stuff. So they actually come back from the netherworld of the force and, uh, and, and get back in it for, a, for another fight. And this has lent to some fan theory about we spoke about this earlier about is Hayden Christensen back if he is back, does he come back not as a force ghost, but does he throw down again as Vader or as the young Anakin, whatever? Um, so yeah, so it's just centered around, you know, did did the older Obi-Wan and Yoda come back from the netherworld and, and, and help out Luke? That was like one of the ideas for, for one of the endings, but they didn't go with it. But does JJ reference that a little bit? Does he use the the whole let's expand on the whole force ghost thing and not just have them as, you know, friendly little dudes that just appear and smile and go away, but they actually do influence what's happening and can get involved in, in lightsaber fights and whatnot. So interesting one, this, it kind of lends itself to a little bit of credibility when you think that JJ is potentially trying to do a lot with this film and there's only so much you can do with the force. You can't always just smack a, oh, that mysterious magical thing's happened. Let's just put it down to the force. You know, you have to explain it a little bit and flesh that out a wee bit. Uh, so what do you reckon? Force ghosts, yay, yay, nay? I'm surprised this has not been done before. Yeah? If, I, if I'm honest, in Star Wars. Like, I think there's a strong possibility that a, 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 a good part of this will be true. Because well, there's a number of reasons. Narratively, it's easy. Well, their bodies disappear. If it's just their spirit, why would their bodies disappear? That's the narrative easy. Like, it's almost like they just left that little side door there on purpose back in 1977. George was like, wait a sec. Well, just in case, just maybe we'll do this. And if it, you know, I know Jedi wasn't planned out as such at that point. But yeah, I, I think there's an air of credibility to this because we're in 2019. It's J.J. Abrams. We, we want... Fans want to see a throwdown after a Last Jedi. They do. You know, we were all a little bit disappointed that, that that Luke Skywalker didn't get his badass. Let's see what this guy can really do. Even though we saw the biggest use of the Force ever on screen and in probably any medium, you know, delivered by Luke, it still wasn't the yeah. But what can he do with that lightsaber though? What can he actually do with that little bad boy? It wasn't that. And also, there's unfinished business, dude. There's unfinished business. You know, there's there's Yoda and, and the Emperor. There's you've got Anakin and 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 Obi Wan who you know they parted on slightly bad <laughs> terms, and it's just you feel like it's just something that if they're gonna put a bow around it all, Ray and Finn, 
do you know what, mate? I'm not going to lie to you. I don't really care about them. I, I, I've not grown to love them like I love the original characters because I just don't think they're well fleshed out enough. I think the last Last Jedi was like two and a half hours of a lot of missed opportunities to flesh out and, and give the characters enough so that we love them as much. Um, and I think there's 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 this need to 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 just wrap everything, and I don't think you can wrap everything. I don't think you can bring the Emperor back without bringing back someone that the Emperor had such interaction with. You know, whether that's Yoda, Obi-Wan, or Anakin. Anakin's the obvious one. Obi-Wan less so, but Yoda. But then he brought the puppet back for The Last Jedi. You know, how are they going to do that? How's that going to play? I don't know. But I think there's an air of credibility to this. I don't think it'll go as far as what that logic was, which is, um, if you read some of the articles out there, that the, the, the original idea theoretically was that Obi-Wan and Yoda would return back to their physical forms because they didn't need... You know, it's like the purgatory. Actually, Luke, you've solved the problem. You've balanced the force. Guess who's back to unbalance it? Brilliant. Nice work, Lawrence. But its I just don't think it'll go that far. But I think there's something in this. I think we're going to see a big melee throwdown at some point. And I think it will all be um, in... I think they will overpower the Emperor. I think they will give the Emperor that much power that it requires the, the Megazord Jedi Force Ghost Ensemble. So that, I just feel there's some credibility to that somewhere. What about you? What do you think? Yeah, I agree. Just for the the reason that as it's the last one, not just in the trilogy, but the saga, it needs to, I think the last half an hour needs to be just the most epic of epicness of epic. In terms, because if you think about what's been done already with lightsaber battles, so... We've had some really good ones in each film. And some of the best ones have been like episode one with Darth Maul. And then the really good one at the end of Revenge of the Sith. There's only so much you can do in making those lightsaber battles epic when you've just got two people. Because you can have the big, amazing John Williams score that's like bringing everything together and you've got all the emotional stuff and and you've got the, the actors with their skills. with the, You've got all that stuff and the build-up and... But that's been done, you know, that's been, and then they try to do something different with, like you said, with the biggest use of the force with Luke not actually being there and all that stuff. So they have to go up another notch, don't they? Because it's the end of everything. It's the big one. So I think you can only do that by throwing in some of this extra stuff. And I think uh, on one of the articles, it does reference at the end, this goes right back to the amazing brain of George Lucas when he wrote the line for Obi-Wan right at the end, which is, if you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Now that those words alone just insinuate that beyond the physical realm, there's like a shit ton of stuff in the force that we don't know about. And if you're a powerful enough force user, you have the ability to come back potentially in some shape or form and throw down. So I think at the end of, of, of the, um, the rise of Skywalker, we are going to see Ray and Kylo going off on one. We're going to see, Palpatine and someone else going off on one. We're going to see Yoda going off. I think it's just going to be an epic. That would be so good. Have like these different levels of lightsaber battles just culminating in this massive clash of force powers. And I don't know. I think that would raise it up a notch that would just close everything off with like just craziness. So, but I think the only way to do that, and they've already alluded to it, is by bringing back these people who we think are dead. That's the only way to really crack on with that stuff. So it's a lot to do in one film. 
I don't envy JJ's uh, product or project management on this one, but it would be epic nonetheless. It really would, man. And you're right, like that 30 minutes, that last 30 minutes has got to not just be epic, epic from a visual perspective, but it's got to be a, oh my God, they did not do that. Like mm-hmm. they did the thing that we want, they did the thing that we want. Like whatever that is, whatever you are as a fan and whatever you want from the Star Wars, Rise of Skywalker wrap up, you you want it to be that, you know, and if that, if that last scene is as mind-bending as we think, we, you want it to be just, oh, cannot believe this has just happened. And we'd got that a little bit with Yoda in The Last Jedi where you're like, all right, that's cute. I quite, that's really good. You know, I quite like that. Um, and I, 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 yeah, I do think there's a lot of credibility to this. I think somewhere, somehow, we are going to see this. And I think it will be, I think it will wrap a bow around not only the narrative arc, but also the redemption of the Jedi. You know, the rise of Skywalker, the, the you know, the, the reuniting truly of Luke, maybe, and Anakin, and, and, and that, that inspiration for the next generation. But also, you've also got like the, the, the apathy and the, the, almost the hubris of the Jedi, which was, you know, not really referenced in the original trilogy. You just had these two mystical beings that were training Luke. The, the original trilogy, sorry, the prequel trilogy was as much about the arrogance and the, the, the complacency of Yoda and the Jedi as it was about the rise of Palpatine, you know, and the, all the books have been leaning towards that. It's not been by accident. I don't think that they've done that. Um, so I think there's a redemption in there for those guys as well. You know that, do you know what? We did this, tried to do this alone and we sat back and we didn't listen. We can't let that happen again. All right, let's let's do things differently this time. And I just wonder if that's how JJ is going to kind of pull it all together. But it's exciting, man. I'm excited for it. The more I was, I think I was a little bit less excited than, I was for the last Jedi up to you know maybe up to the last couple of weeks because it was like ah, I really got excited about all this stuff in the last Jedi and none of it really came off, but I just starting to feel it a little bit more now. In JJ we trust. In JJ we trust for sure. Yes. So let us know what you think on this fan theory. We've gone through plenty of them over the last month, I would say, and I imagine we'll go through a few more in the next couple of months as we run up to the film. So. Hit us up on Twitter um, or Instagram. Just do a search for Spark of Rebellion on those. I think on Twitter it's Rebellion Spark, and on Instagram it's just Spark Rebellion. So um, uh, just give us a, uh, a follow and a like. I know we do chat Star Wars and whatnot. So Twitter, sorry, Rebellion underscore Spark, and Instagram is Spark of Rebellion Show. So uh, give us a like and a follow on there. Let us know what you think to these f- uh, fan theories. Do you think they're crazy? Do you think there's merit in these? Uh, but we do love um, going through them because, as you know, Mark and I always write. So if we feel these are uh, yay or nay, correct or not, we'll be very smug when the film's released because we'll just be like, yeah, called it. Called that bit, called that bit. Yeah, it's all good. Uh, so that's review and discussion. Um, before we move on to the random spotlight, as I mentioned earlier, if you like what we do here at Spark of Rebellion, and you want to support the show, head over to patreon.com forward slash spark of rebellion. You can support the show from a dollar upwards. There's various plans there. You can bag some swag and uh, yeah, just get involved and uh, and support what we do here. We love giving you guys Star Wars content every single week and we want to continue to do that. And if we get to a certain point on Patreon, we're going to do another show, the Holocron Files, which is going to have some some different content around Star Wars that we do here on the main show. So random spotlight. I feel like I'm custodian of the random spotlight at the minute. 
And I feel like I'm more original trilogy biased in these things. So again, this is a request for you guys. If you feel like you want to see more other eras of Star Wars, because my go-to reaction is like, right, random spotlight. Uh, yeah, really feeling Empire or Jedi or New Hope. There is no other Star Wars really, is there? Anyways, the Empire Strikes Back. Those cuddly dudes, the Tauntauns, are the focus for the random spotlight this week. They are the um, the kind of, like, they're described as lizards. I don't see them as lizards because they're very, very furry and hairy. But apparently they are lizard-like creatures uh, that live on the planet Hoth. And they can survive on Hoth because very sim- very similar to the Wampa, they've got lots of shaggy hair and they can keep warm and and all that stuff. And you will see them, they first appeared in Star Wars in The Empire Strikes Back. They were uh, used as transport for the rebels from Echo Base. They used them to um, scuttle across the plains of Hoth. And they also came in very useful for a certain smuggler when he was out looking for Luke. And uh, he found him all busted up from the Wampurier. He was he managed to slice open the, one of the Tauntauns and uh, stuff Luke inside the very smelly Tauntaun sleeping bag. Uh, but they're very, very cool creatures. I remember being one of my... Uh, seeing uh, Empire Strikes Back was the first Star Wars film that I ever saw, and I remember these being just really cool. I, I love the the sound effects and the model work and everything. They were, um, they were kind of designed uh, sort of a collaborative effort between some of the early... Uh, concept and model designers over Star Wars. So in in conjunction with Ralph McQuarrie, who was doing all of the concept artwork and all that stuff, um, the uh, one of the early designers, Joe Johnston, I think his name was, he was working on the original trilogy. He came up with that stuff. And also when the actual models were being constructed, that was, uh, that was Phil, that was Phil Tippett, who was one of the model designers and builders on the original trilogy he actually finalized the design and whatnot when he was doing the stop motion stuff so it's really sort of joint effort to make these because they're not really they're not really significant in terms of aiding the the rebel alliance or anything like that of course they save luke skywalker which is a bit of a a bit of a big thing but you know they don't really pop up anymore they've been like anything with star wars they've been referenced a ton of times across various stories and stuff but very cool creature from the ot indeed you're a fan of the Tauntaun or do you just want to slice them all up like Han Solo did? I was a little bit like you, dude. I was like, oh, this is, yeah, this is the, the first thing that I've seen. Look at this. It's like Empire Strikes Back. Look at this. It's a cool little creature. They're riding it. It's, uh, you know, it, it was sort of like, oh, yes, that's a horse, but we've got to make it cooler because it's on a snow planet in a different galaxy. So, you know, it was that was my first exposure as well, dude. And it was just... It was sort of a throwaway thing, but very, very Star Wars. You know, it was very much a Star Wars creature with the horns. And apparently, according to the data bank on Star Wars, this is a lizard. I didn't realise that, but it's a lizard. And it's interesting because it's, uh, like you said, it's just this throwaway thing, but without it, you know, Luke could die. And, uh, you know, the the, the, the course of the the Star Wars storytelling would have just been totally different. And it's... It's completely inconsequential in any other way. It's it, it's not remarkable. It, it's not referenced that much in any depth. It's just a throwaway. Look, this Tauntaun exists on over here as well. You know, it's it's very much one of those blue milk ice cream maker things. You know, that doesn't have much to do, but what it does is just enough to keep the story online and just keeps it in track. Um, so yeah, I mean, I've I've, I've not got that much. 
opinion of them. I think they're just they're just one of those things where means to an end, but really nicely designed means to an end. Like it's not one of those. Um, we'll put it this: way, there's a reason that it's come up in the random spotlight. You know, we wouldn't be talking about this if it wasn't something that that was well designed and well put together. You know, so I think everyone deserves a due because it could have been it quite literally could have just been let's let's just fucking shave a horse. You know, it could have just, they didn't need to design something else, did they? But they did. So I love that about it. Yeah, they could have used something, couldn't they? And just put like a furry fleece over it. You know, like they did with the the Banthers, you know, the sand people. I think they used real elephants, didn't they? They just threw the big, mm-hmm. big fleece over them and so on. So it's really cool. They took the time to properly design these and build the models. And although they're stop motion, that can look a bit hit or miss back in the day. These did look pretty cool, actually. It's some great yeah, you, talent. Yeah, there's a couple of little bits in the way. It's a little bit just. It's just a bit. You can tell the stop motions just maybe missed a frame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's overall pretty solid. Yeah, for its time, back in the yeah. day. Yeah, and unfortunately, I think in that film you see them more dead than you do alive. So you see Han chipping around on one of these things, which is good, but he kills it. So you, the, that's the first dead one. Well, before that, you see a dead one because the Wampa's eating one in the cave. So the Wampa's caught one, and then Han kills one. So in in that film alone, there you see them dead more than you do alive. But apparently, they travel in packs out in the wild. Oh, oh. that's very good of them. It's nice, nice them to be a pack hunter. Interesting as well that uh, if you again, if you read that Star Wars data bank, it's all very uh, you know the, the the rebellion domesticated them. So now I'm thinking to myself, wait a second here. So you've got. They've probably got like a litter train echo base. You know, they've got a couple of little, uh, maybe get a nice little bit, bit of sandwich for them, get them some nice food. And it's just, it's one of those things where you don't necessarily realise that it plays such a part, but if someone was to just, like there's uh, there's a lot of stuff around echo base in, in Lost Stars and a couple of other books out there. And you just know that someone could have just thrown in a taunt on and really kind of gone to town on this backstory. And they're one of the available pieces of the law that you could you could use to just again just link this situation to this other one that we've seen on film. I, I, I like any universe and mythology for that. Just these little, just these little dots that if you choose to, you can connect them. And these are right at the front and center. It's like like the medical droid that we saw last week, um, like the anything the blue milk and <laughs> Star Wars littered with these things. It's just littered with these bits, ready to let the other writers pick up later. And I quite like it for that. And what do you reckon to? some of these creatures that were designed back in the day versus some of the newer stuff that are fairly, I would say these things are fairly whimsical. You know, they're not massive plot points. You know, they're just little mechanisms to get, you know, from A to B in certain parts of the film. But if you think about something like, uh, I don't know, like in The Last Jedi, the crystal foxes, the Vulptex, where they guided the, the dudes through the big cavern to the outside, but, you know, they... What do you reckon to the design and stuff? Because those, I was sort of uninspired by those. They're literally just foxes. You know, they haven't done anything special. They just made them shiny. Whereas I think things like the Tauntaun from the OT, a lot of design thinking went into that. They actually thought like, you know, people have got to ride these. So what's the shape of the body? How do they move? Mm-hmm. What, you know, the environment they live in, all that stuff was all considered. Whereas, again, Ryan Johnson, he's just like, yeah, just have a bunch of foxes legging around. Don't spend too long on them. You know, stick to the shape, just make them shiny. Yeah, and I'm with you on that, dude. I think it's, um, 
I think it's a sign of the times, you know, when you look at the old stop motion stuff, which was much more prevalent back then, and you look at um, the way that you physically had to probably get a model of a human sitting on it, and it had to look natural, and it, it had to look ergonomically correct, and the balance had to be right, the centre of gravity had to be right, whereas these days, because the CGI is in there, it's just like, well, we can kind of do what we want, so we can either go super fantastical and go absolutely crazy, you know, like you see with some of the Marvel films, uh, especially like sort of, uh, you know, the latest Spider-Man stuff. Or you can just make something that we're all really familiar with do something that you don't expect it to do. And that, like you said, mate, that's really uninspired. I'm not a fan of really any of that stuff. And it was, you saw it on Canto Bite a little bit as well, where, you know, just the creatures, the, the, was it a Thestral? I mean, was that Harry Potter? But whatever those, whatever those beasts were called, they would, it was just a bit, Okay, we get it. It's just we know that these things have got to do this this one job, so we'll design them for that. And like you said, there's no imagination gone into it. I think that's why a lot of people really hammered things like The Last Jedi as well, because the things that did get the thinking, like that beast that Luke takes the milk from, you're just like, <laughs> what? Like, what is... There's no function to that. Like, put the budget into these foxes that serve a pivotal plot point and do something interesting with that. Um so that's a good point to bring up, dude. Yeah, I think you're right. I think the more the more recent stuff has been very uninspired. I think you were you were absolutely right with that. As we always are. Obviously. Not blowing our own <laughs> trumpet or anything, but But if we were, it would be the best trumpet playing in the world. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we're gonna stick a pin in air for episode twenty-three. Uh, thank you so much for listening. As always, it's been great to chat through all of the fun fan theories and all that jazz and Star Wars fashion and new characters and um, the legendary Tauntaun, which I love. I really need to try and pick up one of the figures. There's an old figure uh, I've always been on the lookout. I've not been able to track it down. It's essentially Han Solo. Is it Luke? Luke or Han, anyway, in their Hoth gear on the back of a Tauntaun. And it's... Uh, because out in like the late 90s or the early 2000s or something. I have to try and pick that up because I love the... I haven't got anything Tauntaun collectible or toy-based, so we'll have to try and pick that up. Uh, we'll be back next week for episode 24. In the meantime, head over to sparkofrebellion.com. You can listen to all of our episodes there or whatever podcast app you prefer to listen to your podcast on. Just do a search for us, give us a like and a sub. And if you've got a minute, if you can spare uh, for a review and a rating, that'd be awesome because that really helps us out. Uh, lots and lots also I mentioned earlier in the show patreon.com forward slash spark of rebellion you can support the show over there thanks as always mate appreciate your opinions and your David Brent isms as always boss first friend second probably an entertainer third mate so I appreciate that <laughs> <laughs> no thank you dude good to be uh, good to be in the seat as normal and thanks to everyone that's been listening it's always fun to to chat Star Wars it never gets boring my man so thank you very much Yes, hit a nail on the head there. It never gets boring. So we will see you next week. Until then, take care of yourselves. Have a good week. And remember, the Force will be with you always. <laughs> <laughs>